You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. We appreciate you joining us once again. We do have a bit of Hornets and Greensboro Swarm scoopage. Rick Bennell used the word scoopage. I like the word. Uh, He says a source... Rick Pinnell says a source tells me former college coach and one time UNC guard Jeff Lebo will be an assistant to Joe Wolf this season in Greensboro. So some more Greensboro news for you. James Bria. It seemed like you wanted to say scoopage again. James Borrego. (laughs) James Borrego said this at the luncheon that they wanted to find an assistant coach that would kind of go with the players back and forth from the NBA franchise to the G League affiliate. And I don't know if this is going to happen with Jeff Lebo, but he does say he will be an assistant to Joe Wolf. So probably not the guy that's going back and forth. But there's some scoopage for you. Uh, Training camp day one in Chapel Hill. Injury news. It's the first injury. Another Rick Bennell tweet. He says first injury for the Hornets. Rookie Cody Martin was limited in practice with a sore ankle, although there's nothing serious to it right now. So he did practice. He was limited. They decided they didn't want to risk any further injury, so they brought him out after a while. We don't know if he's going to play in Sunday's first game against the Boston Celtics, but we'll see. Somebody that actually did get injured there, and it's the first injury that we have suffered. We asked James Borrego at the luncheon if there was anybody injured at that time, and he said no. So you saw it with Cody Martin there uh, going, being the first guy that goes down, Doug. So we'll see exactly what happens with Cody Martin. But I was thinking like, I heard this at the Hornets media day, like Cody Martin talking about the G League, all of the rookies, uh, all of the even the second year players. They were all asked about the Greensboro Swarm. We love to talk about it right now. And I feel like as far as the guys that are most primed to go down to the Swarm, I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, no, like I know. That yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing to me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or were, was I just did I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. Um, okay. But I- I'll tell you, Cody Martin. I think we'll spend some time down in Greensboro because I don't think he's quite ready uh, to play minutes in this rotation, and I think they're comfortable with Devonte Graham behind Terry Rozier, and you also have Malik Monk there that can handle the ball. So I think Cody Martin, odd man out, he's going to spend some time in Greensboro, but he does have a good opportunity because there there isn't a lot of veteran talent uh, at the guard position for the Charlotte Hornets. So, you know, an injury here, an injury there, and all of a sudden Cody is playing in Charlotte. Yeah, we had Jonathan DeLong to do some DeLong multiplication after his DeLong division a couple of months back. But Jonathan mentioned at the Hive, of course, Jonathan mentioned that he he thought most Hornets fans that watched Summer League had some primacy bias in the fact that we watched Cody Martin struggle turning the ball over in the first game of Summer League, and we saw Dwayne Bacon be really efficient, get to the basket at will, and score a lot of points. And in fact, he said, well, even though Cody Martin had the bad first game, he actually liked the way that he played throughout the rest of Summer League. And even though Dwayne Bacon had a good first game, He mentioned that he didn't think Dwayne Bacon played all that well the rest of summer league. And he thought that most people thought uh, that that they had the primacy biased in the first game kind of dictated how we all thought uh, the general summer league went for each one of these players. And so you look back at the stats for Cody Martin, you know, they're they're okay. Uh, I do think he turned the ball over a little bit too much. Cody Martin mentioned at media day that he didn't think he played up to his ability at summer league. 
So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does at training camp and how much that dictates whether he spends all that much time at all with the Hornets franchise. Like James Borrego mentioned, the younger players are going to play a lot more this year, and that's pretty obvious. I just wonder if that means that there's that many minutes for Cody Martin, who they kind of want to run the point, but you talk about a backcourt that includes Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, who got a lot of minutes last season. I just wonder where Cody Martin fits in all of that as far as him actually getting run with the big boys. So Martin played in five games over summer league, averaging 23.2 minutes, 8.6 points, 3.6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.4 steals, and 0.6 blocks, but three turnovers per game. Mm -hmm. He did post a plus nine in the box score, plus minus, if you like that stat. He shot 46.7% from the field, including... 6 of 15 from 3, that's 40% if you're counting, while making 69% nice percent of his free throws. Any questions? <laughs> any more stats? You need anything else about that's Cody That's a Martin lot. I appreciate it. I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you the stat that I didn't like the most. It's the assist-to-turnover ratio. You know, that, that's the problem. It's the decision-making, and that's even in summer league going up against competition that's not going to be as good as the NBA, of course. And so Cody Martin having that assist-to-turnover ratio not be very good, not even getting to two assists and having over three turnovers, I think that's the most alarming thing. But everybody questioned his three-point shot, and it actually looked pretty good. That's right. He answered a question. And I think, look, if you go to summer league, uh, you should just look to do anything. And sometimes it might be good. Sometimes it might be bad. I appreciate it. He's filling up the box score, baby. I don't know if you've checked, Mm -hmm. but turnovers, last time I checked, were in the box score. He's filling it up. So Cody Martin was one of the guys that we talked about in Greensboro uh, would obviously he would rather stay with the Hornets, but he says that decision is out of his control. We kind of talked about the different feelings these younger guys have about the G League affiliate and Cody Martin was kind of in the middle. He was, you know, taking it in stride a little bit more instead of PJ Washington, Dwayne Bacon said, hey, it can be a good thing. Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier was like, please never send me back. It seemed like Cody Martin was kind of kind of straddling that line a little bit. J. Cole was in attendance in Chapel Hill, Doug. Big J. Cole guy. I like J. Cole. Yeah, I do too. J. Cole is awesome. Not a not a big J. Cole fan, but I am a J. Cole fan. And he was making some guys nervous. Uh, Miles Bridges had a comment on J. Cole about how nervous he got when shooting in the presence of J. Cole. Oh, he's my favorite rapper, so I first shot in front of him, I airballed, but <laughs> other than that, it, it was great for me. That's great. Other than that, he was just around, but I, I airballed it. Yeah, I imagine, yeah, I imagine he'd make a lot of people nervous. Well, listen, I mean, it's 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 interesting whenever celebrities get nervous around other celebrities. I mean, Miles is a guy, he's, you know, he's on Sports Center, he's he's in the National Basketball Association. LeBron James is making comments about him. I mean, people know who Miles Bridges is, but Jay Cole walks in. Now, Miles Bridges, we should note, is pursuing a rap career of his own. Uh so Jay Cole probably somebody that he looks uh to cuz Jay Cole, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jay Cole's been in the business for a long time. Like, I think I remember listening to him maybe even in high school, which was all the way back in 2005. Like, he's been around for a while, right? That seems a little long. I'm going to check. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure these guys come out with underground music, and so they've all been rapping longer than we've all remembered them go mainstream or even with their popular underground. And so Jay Cole, like, I remember Jay Cole getting somewhat popular my freshman year of college, which would have been 2011, maybe even 2010. Yeah, 20, 2005 seems too, way too long. I'm going to say 2009. Okay, the come up came out playing. in 2007. So I was close. I mean, that would have been right. in the middle of my, but I, let me yeah. check and make sure that that, the come up was, not, that was overground, right? That wasn't underground. 
No, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. And maybe I'm not as qualified. I just didn't feel like he got nearly as big until maybe 2010, 2009, somewhere around in there is where he started to get some followers. But J. Cole, I mean, now he's considered, you know, it's J. Cole and Kendrick. I mean, that's a popular debate. I think it's obviously Kendrick Lamar, but, you know, J. Cole and Kendrick and uh, Kendrick Lamar, that's the biggest debate as far as some of the mainstream guys go. Now, J. Cole is, is good and also good at basketball. Like, I remember, shout out to the Charlotte podcast that Nada and I went on in preparation for All-Star Weekend. We drafted our best All-Star celebrity team of all time, and I was one that drafted J. Cole, man, you dunk in an All-Star game. I'm, I'm getting you on my team. And there's been some videos of his jump shot. Devontae Graham said he has a nice jump shot. So Miles Bridges, man, I, and getting to play and getting to shoot in front of his favorite rapper, J. Cole, actually being pretty good at basketball himself. Terry Sanford graduate. Pretty cool to see him up in Chapel Hill. I was disappointed. There was no Arnie Duncan conversation there with uh, best celebrity team of all time. My guy, Ar- Arnie oh, Duncan, well. secretary of education. He was educating people out on the court about how nasty he was. Well, I mean, Arnie Duncan was certainly drafted. I mean, we all did a draft. It's just, I think I might have had Arnie Duncan on my team. I had Jay Cole on my team. I certainly had Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, probably the best player out there that ever graced us with his presence on the Celebrity All-Star Court. I can't remember my other two guys. So here's my question. Jay Cole made Miles Bridges airball. What, What celebrity would make you embarrass yourself on the court? What celebrity would walk into the room in your in the middle of your shot stroke and you would just deuce it uh michael jordan is the first one that comes to mind michael jordan walks in the gym i'm probably going to do that the guys i idolized growing up vince carter was one those were the first posters that i had so if vince sanity comes into the court and he watches me yeah i'm going to i'm going to probably airball that shot a guy that i idolized later on though that probably he definitely is my favorite basketball player of all time hakeem olajuwon man if I'm the dream in the gym, yeah. If the dream walks in, then yeah, I'm part. Those are the three guys that come to mind as much as anything. What about you, Glenn Baron Close? Davis, Glenn Ashburn? Close for sure. She walks into the room, <laughs> Airball City. <laughs> Thanks for joining GC. us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll talk about Malik Monk and some of the things that he had to say at Hornets Media Day. We also have some sound for you. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Malik Monk, right after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? (laughs) Yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, they got Nas. They did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Master P. (laughs) I hate you right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I got a text two nights ago when Doug was going through a lot of the sound that came from Hornets Media Day. It was late. Of course, I got to get up early, and a lot of times I am up past 11. In fact, most of the time I am, but this time I was not. And I get a text rolling in at about 11, 11 something like that. And they're just back-to-back text messages, which is usually the way that Doug will text you. If he does text you once, you can expect a lot of times for a follow-up text, a lot of text in bunches, and that's certainly what I had a couple of days ago. Right, because I text conversationally. So mm. some people will say And I like you, that. I actually like that. Yeah, I text in beats. So I text how I speak, 
Because, you know, texting, like email, really tough to get inflection sometimes. So I feel like you have a better chance of understanding the meaning, the tone, if I text in beats. Each of my texts are like little poems delivered right into your telephone. And it sucks when the bubbles start popping up from the other person because then you got to fire off that next text really quickly in order for you to get the full effect of what I said. And then I have to try to get that message immediately. I'm I'm totally with you on that. But in this text barrage that you sent me late at night, there were a couple of things that you wanted to talk about with the media day sound. And one was Nick Batum's presser pissed me off. And we'll talk about that later on in the week. But the other one was Malik Monk also <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> and I imagine yeah. Malik Monk pisses a lot of people off. Let's get to some of that sound. Monk knows he has a bad rap, but says he hasn't had an opportunity to play through mistakes. Here's Malik Monk on exactly that. I never really had an opportunity to get out there and, and mess up. Because if I mess up, I'm coming out the game. And uh, the last two years, that, that's been happening. And I've been watching film on that. So I'm going to try not to mess up. But you're going to mess up his basketball. It happens. But uh, I mean, if 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 I get an opportunity and 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 a consistent opportunity and and just be out there a lot, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I'd improve and and show improvement for, to to everybody. He hasn't had an opportunity to mess up. That's all he's had, Walker. That all he's had are opportunities to mess up. And then yes, when he messes up to the point that it it, it is not sustainable sustainable anymore to have him out on the floor. Yeah, they yank him. But to, but to uh, say he hasn't had opportunities, I think I, I hope Clifford didn't hear that sound because he would be rolling over in his grave. No, he's probably laughing. I don't. Is he upset or is he laughing like, hey, that's your problem now, Borrego. Good luck, because I completely agree with you. I mean, when you're looking at the offense of Malik Monk, it'd be one thing, right? We're specifically talking about the defense, but Doug, the offense hasn't been good either. I mean, if the offense, if he was shooting at, you know, 40% from three, or even if he was shooting 36% from three and he was shooting 40% from the field, then maybe that even allows you enough of a, a, a little bit more opportunity to stay out there and play through even more of the mistakes you have defensively. But Doug, when you're completely lost, I mean, when you get screened so hard, you get knocked off of your spot and then you get lost anyway, trying to find your way back onto the path. And then you go down the offensive end of the court and then you jack up a shot and then you miss it. And then eventually again, you shoot 33% from beyond the arc and you don't shoot 40. Then that's not going to allow you many opportunities either. You know, I love Malik Monk as much as anybody. I want him to be good, but you are right about this. I mean, I, I can't imagine me giving him any more opportunity than what Borrego or Clifford had done in the first two years as well. Yeah. So there are a couple of things. I mean, number one, I remember there being some shade thrown his way uh, uh, from Clifford about essentially them going over certain things in the practice before the game and then those things not being executed on. And so that's, that's not like an opportunity to mess up. That's, hey, we went over something the previous day and you, you didn't execute on it. And then I was listening to the sound from training camp day one uh, last night, and you have JB, who, remember, uh, JB was a, was, hitched his wagon to Malik Monk when he was first hired, said, it's my job to improve this player and get the most out of this player. I mean, he really zoned in on Malik Monk. But you had him at training camp day one saying, look, Malik Monk can't get beat off his spot. And that's, that's not being lost. That's not... Uh, having an uh, you know not having an opportunity that's oh you just didn't have the defensive effort the defensive mentality the defensive attitude 
to to not get beat off your spot, to at least try to keep a player in front of you. We've seen I mean, I've seen that with Malik Monk where he gets blown by two, three times. I remember there was a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder after they had traded for um uh the point Schroeder, the point guard that used to be in Atlanta. And Schroeder just beat Malik Monk time after time and he just, won them that game and Abrinas. Yeah, and just easily. And so those are the moments where you go, okay, opportunity over. And and here's what really upsets me is the the quote that he had after that, where uh, he was basically just making excuse after excuse. Listen to this. I don't think anybody went to two coaches and GMs, and I, I went to both of them in my first two years. So that that shows a lot of adversity. What is he talking? What is he talking about? I mean, it's a lot so, to overcome, Doug. Come on now. There are so many. Credit. Listen, there are so many players on truly bad teams. Like at least Malik Monk was drafted by a team that had some veteran leadership and had one of the best guards in the National Basketball Association in Kimball Walker. Think about, uh, I don't know, let's pull a player, Devin Booker, who has had uh, five different coaches in Phoenix and and two or three general managers. Are you managers defending Devin he, Booker right uh, now? See. You, you, Doug Branson, are defending Devin Snooker. You didn't even use Snooker. You this called is, him by his real name. Devin Booker. Are, Mal- are you that angry? Yeah. Are you that mad today? Yes. At Malik Monk? Goodness gracious, Doug. This is where I am. This Malik Monk has taken me <laughs> to absolute rock bottom where I'm sitting here defending the prowess of Devin Booker to be able to score at will. Like, Devin Booker can score. It's like the one thing he's decided he can do <laughs> in the National Basketball Association is score. Malik Monk can't do that. You mentioned getting pushed off of his spot, and that's funny that you mentioned that because Malik Monk added 20 pounds. He goes from, like, 182 to 205. You could tell when he walked into Hornets media day, when he walked into the press room, you could tell that his arms were bigger. Could I mean, you? There's no doubt could about you? it. We all, no, you could you? Because we all, I just want to stop you for I'm a second because we always yeah, I mean, do look, this. You can't. And I knew this was, no, I knew this was coming. See, I understood this was coming because okay. a lot of people are going to question this. Go well, because we always do this, right? There's always a player almost on every team. We get to media day and it's like the X player shed pounds, X player put on pounds. Although I will say, I was watching uh, the interview with Miles Bridges uh, from training camp. Dude looks, I, I wasn't able to be at media day, but dude looks felt. Dude looks like he's dropped some LBSs. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that. You said, I will say this though, mm-hmm. the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah. Well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 20, 40 vision. So, okay. um, that me, I, I'm pretty sure what, or is it 40, 20 vision, whatever means that I have great, like Eagle eye vision, that's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save Tonight, one of my favorite songs. Malik Monk looks bigger, Doug. He does. <laughs> I'm just telling you. The, okay. the, he looks bigger. He you. looks like he weighs over 200 pounds now, and he looked like a beanpole out there the first two years of his career. He did say, because of the weight that he added on, that he doesn't get pushed off of his spot as easily anymore on defense. He said in, on offense, he when he attacks the basket, when he's in the air, he doesn't get moved. He can still finish. He doesn't just go completely to the wayside anymore, that he actually can finish with contact a lot better. He's actually finishing shots at the rim, which I think was a problem for Malik Monk. And so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition in the regular season, if that actually happens out there when real basketball starts. But it is nice to hear that. And James Brago even had some nice comments about Malik Monk. Here's James Brago on what he sees from Malik with the new physicality. 
Malik Chunk. I never really. The game slows down for you a little bit more. When you have more strength like that, I take contact, <laughs> take contact, absorb it, and I can make a play. Uh, where you know, I think over the last year, he'd take contact and maybe get pushed off his route, couldn't make the right pass, make the right shot at the right time. I think that that weight just gives you confidence too to go to the rim. I think when you have more size, you're just more confident going there. And he looks more confident, more secure going to the rim, making plays in the paint for us, and he's going to need to do that. So what happened but, there? You you probably heard me hit the wrong. So what happened there? I was trying to get my joke off, <laughs> and oh, then I, I and then I hit the wrong sounder. Uh, Malik Monk also at Media Day, uh, he he talked about how he decided to stay in Charlotte rather than go to summer league. You know, he's a third year player. It's not crazy to see third year players actually stay you know, in the city or actually do something on their own rather than play at summer league. But it's not like it's crazy to see third year players play in summer league anyway. I mean, you see it constantly and hello, Dwayne Bacon decided to play in summer league, but that was a big problem for a lot of people. And you know, I questioned it when Ronald Norred comes out in public, the summer league head coach and assistant coach for the Hornets and says, we want Malik to be there. We hope he's there. Malik Monk decides to stay in Charlotte. Malik Monk did say that he was working on lifting weights. He was working on his body. So I have a hard time believing that as well. Look, there's no doubt to me that he obviously added 20 pounds. I don't know exactly, but he obviously looks bigger. Are there not weight rooms in Las Vegas is my question, right? I mean, that seems to be if the coaching staff says they want you out there, but you decide to stay in Charlotte to work out instead of go to summer league when we have words from Ronald Norred and the coaching staff that they want you out there. To me, that seemed like an excuse that wasn't really uh, what anything that I was buying. Yeah, listen, life is about choices. He's he's made choices. We'll see if those end up panning out for him. I will say that uh, I have never once gained weight and also gained confidence. Who's with me? It's tough out there, man. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content. Patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's Patreon.com slash LOH for just a buck. You can help keep our hive alive. We've got one more segment coming up. Mad Libs after the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Walk. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Dale Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number one, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. We have all fly mad limbs up right now, and I'm scared because I tried to get Doug to give me all what he needed off air so I could come in somewhat prepared kind of have a, a free-flowing conversation in my head by myself like what do I want to give him that I think would be funny and he decided not to give me anything and so it's only his fault if I mess up again no this listen this entire show is improv baby no uh no preparation needed except maybe right, prepar- got? Except maybe preparation H I don't even know what that means uh so here's the deal I want to explain this for anyone that didn't listen yesterday so the Hornets have this new marketing campaign called All Fly. And whenever any company releases a marketing campaign they and a new logo, they tend to 
do this like marketing speak where they explain every color texture and what it means, you know, and they assign meaning to everything. And it's all really kind of funny and silly. And instead of subject you to that, I've decided to take some words out of their marketing speak and we're going to replace them Mad Lib style. Uh, so Walker will give me some words here. I need an adjective. Oh, right now. Um, yeah, I'll just we'll just go one by one. Smelly. Smelly. Perfect. And I need an animal. An anteater. Anteater. Perfect. A verb ending in ing. Verb ending verb. in ing. Flossing. Okay. A color. Magenta. A noun. Hat. An internet meme. A popular internet meme. Any internet meme will do. So not a GIF, but a meme. Yeah, anything. Just an internet meme that you've seen on the internet, and it's meme-y. Uh, Alonzo Morning is the thing that comes to mind. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Love it. Okay. And it kind of goes along with the Hornets theme, so that's mm -hmm. that's just a bonus, bonus points there. A noun. Oh, more of this. Um, uh, a cane. Cane. Perfect. And two words used to describe your mother. Two words <laughs> that you would use to describe your mother. No, oh, God. Um, um, awesome. <laughs> and uh, kind. Awesome and kind. Perfect. All right, here we go. Drum roll, please. Let's do this Mad Lib. The word all appears in a script that is both smelly and raw. While fly is an italicized version of the team's usual font that suggests the motion of an anteater, flossing. In the primary use, the word fly appears in a color scheme that is a fashionable play on the team's magenta hat. While the letters feature a Alonzo mourning that evokes that of the surface of a cane. However, the letters can feature an assortment of imagery, patterns, and... Oh, I, I need a food. Did you give me a food? <laughs> I didn't give you a food. Oh, I missed that one on my Mad Lives. All right. An assortment of Im imagery, <laughs> patterns, and food. Depending on the type of energy and emotion it is meant to evoke, I told you, it's, it's, this is, uh, you know, we're just dancing here. It is meant to evoke, displaying the team's strengths of awesome and kind. Mm, there you I go. like it. All fly matters. I would have, got, I, I would have uh, gone with lasagna, by the way. That would have been the food. Feature an assortment of imagery, patterns, and lasagna. Oh, man, that sounds great to me. And there's your history of all fly. We got more Mad Libs coming up later on in the week. We do. Right? Yeah, I've got two more paragraphs of this. It's 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 going well so far. I say we keep doing <laughs> No, I think it's been nothing but a resounding success. Thanks for listening and remember you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets. We got a couple more episodes this week. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with you tomorrow.